called blackmail. As you know, the royal family of Britain are the wealthiest landowners in the world. Either the royal family pays us an exorbitant amount of money, or we make it seem that Prince Charles has had an affair outside of marriage and therefore would have to divorce. <clears throat> Prince Charles did have an affair. He admitted it, and they are now divorced. Right, okay, people, you have to tell me these things, all right? I've been frozen for 30 years, okay? Throw me a frickin' bone here. I'm the boss. Need the info. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Show Must Go. My name is Roar.I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tim Kaler. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Rory? I'm doing great. Uh, happy Negaversary, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you caught on to that. It really threw a few people off. Well, I mean, I knew that you weren't married. And <laughs> I knew that I was going to your wedding. And I'm yeah. just like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Also, yeah. did, you, did you ever call it a negaversary today? Because I, didn't. I feel like that's a good word. Yeah, that should have been what it was. And just for some quick clarification for our two listeners out there, uh, yeah. I posted on facebook today that it was my negative first anniversary because a year from today i'll be getting married and mm. uh my mom commented and was like how can it be the first did we miss something i said oh my god <laughs> yeah. oh oh dear sweet mrs kaler yeah anyways uh enough of our personal lives no one cares about that no. this is a podcast where we pitch sequels prequels or spin-offs of films that never got a maybe should have, maybe could have, and then you, the listening public, get to vote for which movie you would like to see. Now, a few weeks ago, we pitched sequels to Zootopia. Right. And they were definitely not problematic at all. <laughs> and <laughs> and the, uh, the results are in, and the winner was Zootopia 2, Naughty by Nature. That's you. That it has a subtitle, so yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair enough. It was a it was a good it was a good show though. If you haven't yeah. listened to it, do so. Yeah, we had fun uh, with that one. We did. And I hope we're gonna have fun with this one. Uh, <laughs> because this week it was my choice for a movie and we are picturing our f- first ever fourth film yep. in a series. We're pitching Austin Powers 4. We are. Now, Tim, what is your relation with the Austin Powers series? Uh, well, we talked a little bit about it uh, on mm-hmm. the last episode. but So I had gone to see these movies in theater. Uh, and and I can remember uh, seeing the first one before it was the big you know, pop culture thing that it became. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I did love the first one. Uh, and I even remember really enjoying the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do remember uh, being a little over it by the time the third one came out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a total of, what, five years for the all three, I think? Yeah, 97 and, and then 99 yeah. and then 2002. Yeah. And it's crazy how oversaturated it became in five years. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can really see it uh, during the opening number of the third 
one. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just all. I mean, it almost looks like it's a Pepsi commercial kind of thing because it's just like it's like everything pop culture mm-hmm. is is in it. It had Britney Spears. It had uh, like it opened up with like, a you know, the fake movie with uh, all the I think that actors. fake movie is a great opening, though. It it sure is. And and partly because and I forgot about it when I was rewatching it. But like as it's opening, it's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense that they would spoof on uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh, and then when it cuts to like it shows uh, 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 Tom Cruise there, I was like, oh, okay, right, I get it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no. lots yeah. of fun. Uh, did you rewatch them for I, uh, to come up with your idea? I did. I watched all three of them in one night. Oh yeah, that's a long ever, night. Yeah, if you ever want to uh, get an appreciation for just how much toilet humor is in these movies Mm -hmm. Uh, and also just how much they just reuse the same gags over and over. Uh, Watch them all in one night because you will really be like, okay, so we're at that part of this movie. Got it. Like, yeah, it definitely has that problem with the law of comedy sequels where, Oh, that was good in the first one. Let's just do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Do it bigger and whatever. Yeah. But how about uh, for you though? Like so, because you're, uh, as we have mentioned, uh, a decade and a bit younger than me. Yes. Uh, uh, so, because I was an adult when these came out, I was like 21 when the first one came out. So mm-hmm. you would have been. I little... don't remember the first one. I think yeah. I I probably I didn't see any of them in theaters. They were definitely like uh, on TV, yeah. on like MTV and TSN kind of show for me, <laughs> movie for me. But I watched them all, and like I was a little kid, I was, yeah. I was six. No, yeah, <laughs> I was six when the first one came out, and mm. and yeah, no, it was, it was everywhere. I remember it being everywhere. I remember watching them and find them funny when I was a teenager and stuff. Yeah. I rewatched them. They aren't terrible. No, I won't say they're terrible. I will. I will say they, of course, don't hold up as well. But very few mm. comedies do. Uh, and they're fine. They're fun. Yeah. They have their moments. Yeah. I think they're... for, Go ahead. I think for me, well, for me, the, the thing that got tiring was just how it's just, it's all the same joke. Like all the jokes that they did in the first one, mm-hmm. they basically just redo them all again in the next one. And then mm-hmm. they redo them all again in the third one. Yeah. And yeah, they add in some new characters and stuff, but, uh, you know, for the most part, it's it's really just like, okay, insert a shadow gag here. Insert, um, you know, describing uh, genitalia as a radar thing here. Like, Yeah. And, I mean, in the third one, I think it's the third one, they get a little bit meta where they have, like, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne, he's just like, calling it tits. out. Tits, they're doing the same joke as the yeah. first one. They're a bunch of tits. Yeah. But yeah. that is, again, just how it became more than just like a funny little comedy because it's mm-hmm. like even putting like uh the Osbournes in there because they were the big pop culture thing at the time too so and Jerry Springer and like just all of it like it was yeah. like yeah yeah it's definitely yeah I, I will say that it's not gross it's not grossly racist or sexist or anything no. it is kind of still of course uh I think part of the joke for the sexism is kind of 
that is the joke that he is so sec- kind of sexist because he is from the 60s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but- it is. And I noticed that too. And the only thing I thought with that is it's like, yeah, he's, you know, fish out of water. So they're kind of calling attention to it. But at the same time, uh, you know, everyone kind of forgives, like he's being this horrible, uh, you know, sex fiend or whatever. And the girls, yeah. even though they might like be grossed out by him at first or roll their eyes, they, they usually are like, come around. yeah, they, he's actually just cute. And it sort of plays into that yeah. uh, trope a little bit where it's like, eh, as long as you just keep doing it, then they'll find you cute kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I definitely don't agree with that. Definitely haven't mm. been trying that for years. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, I read a bit about the production. They've literally been trying to make a fourth film for since the third one came out. Really? They've, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have been trying. They have, like not really trying, but like every every literally I read the whole thing on like Gold Members Wikipedia and every single year since Gold Member came out, it, Mike Myers has said, oh, I'm working on the script or I've got a script or uh, when I get a better idea, we'll ha- make it. We'll get it done. Literally every year, including last year. That is, seems odd because again, they basically just reuse all the same gags. Yeah. Uh, so then it, it's just a matter of coming up with some ridiculous thing for Doctor. I guess Doctor Evil kind of becomes good, but that doesn't matter. It's just coming up with some ridiculous evil plot mm-hmm. and some ridiculous way for Austin Powers to stop it, and then you know. Dr. Evil has to give it a stupid name that he's, you know, unaware of. Scott Evil laughs at him. Then they do the sh- 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 gag and then they move on to, you know, some other gag. And it's like, yeah, it seems well, odd. Maybe that... they don't want to do that again, Tim. Maybe they actually are trying to do something original. I feel like at this point, if they if they did, that would like. That would be the mistake. That Yeah, that would probably be the mistake stake for them yeah because if you never know they did it in the first three they were all massive successes massive hits yeah yeah and uh and so then and they basically just carbon copy each other so then if they announced there's going to be an austin powers 4 and they didn't basically just retread familiar ground people would be like i hate it why didn't they just do what they always do yeah but let's be honest, people will hate it no matter what. Well, that's true. Except for our ideas. Right. Because they're going to love them. Ours are going to be it. So Michael Myers, uh, I know you're a longtime listener. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's Mike Myers. He's not the serial killer. But um, yeah, I know you're a longtime listener. So hey, if you want to use one of these, help a Canadian out. Help a Canadian out. We definitely wink, wink, won't sue. Uh, no. No, not at all. So, since it was my idea, uh, I will start with the pitch, including my title. Ooh, I'm excited because I feel like you had to have come up with a subtitle for this. <laughs> yeah, you might think that. <laughs> okay, so mine is called Austin Powers 4 Casino Behave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so... We would open on, like, basically a scene from Casino Royale. They're playing poker. There's, like, a guy with an eye patch there and a guy with a big facial scar. And then the third person would be a guy, but he has two eye patches, so he can't actually see anything. 
And then there would be, like, a beautiful woman there who's obviously, like, a secret agent, and they're having this intense poker game. And then enters Austin Powers. And he enters like Austin Powers does, very big, very bright, vibrant, and he immediately blows the uh, sting. Because all the poker players that they're trying to, like, get information from immediately get up and leave, except for the guy with two eye patches, because he doesn't know what's happening. Um... And he, basically, uh, the oh, I had the name here because I came up with only one uh, dirty name, uh, mm-hmm. and her name is Anel Beads. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> it's harder to it's harder than you would think to come up with that. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> And so she gets angry at Austin. She's like, you blew the case. And he's just like, oh, really? Did I? Or was that my plan the entire time? I have a secret, another secret agent that's going to capture them as they leave. And then at that point, a goon comes in and throws Dr. Evil uh, at the two, at uh, Anel and Austin. And because Dr. Evil was like supposed to be the other sting operative. And now their sting is totally blown. They get to MI5. They get reprimanded. It's kind of revealed, like, Dr. Evil has been trying to be, like, a secret agent uh, just to kind of, like, work with Austin and to, like, make his dad happy. Uh, but he's yeah. very terrible at it because it's Dr. Evil and yeah. he's the same no matter what, basically. Um, so they kind of get forced into retirement. Dr. Evil and Austin Powers get forced into retirement being like, you two can't really be spies in anymore in the modern age. So that w- then we flash forward 10 years later. So now it's modern time. So that was basically 2010 or so. Um, basically, somehow, I don't have exactly... We've mentioned this before with comedies. It's, we don't come up with every single gag. So the plots might be a little sparse because the gags will fill up the time of the film. Because really, when you break it down, if you were to describe the plot summary of Austin Powers, the first, any of them, really, you could probably do it in about five minutes, not even. Right, right. Um, so, uh, something happens that blows up MI5, and it kills everybody. All the agents are they're dead, and then it's revealed that this is happening at secret agencies all over the world. All these agents are being killed off. And um, then we find Austin Powers. He's, of course, uh, now in his 60s, but he's still trying to be, like, you know, a swinger, a cool mm-hmm. swinger guy. And he runs uh, a roller disco. <laughs> and I know the roller disco is from the 70s, but let's be honest, people aren't going to care. Because <laughs> I, I tried to think of what he could be doing that 60s style, but I don't really know what that would be. So, roller disco, it works. Sure. Um, so he he kind of runs his place. He still tries to hit on all the ladies, but he's basically a laughing stock. And in comes uh, Basil Exposition, who is Basil Exposition's son. Um, okay. And he tells him that uh, Basil has was killed in the explosion, and he and Austin's one of the few agents left in the world. Um. And, ba- like, the joke would be Basil's just there for this one scene. He's uh, Basil's son, and he's just there to give exposition of what's happened over, like, the last ten years. And, like, oh, you got disgraced. You're uh, 
a laughing stock now. Even like your your little your like your brother uh, now runs uh, now is super successful, and you're not. Your brother's clone was one of the top agents in the world before he tragically died, and that 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 would be how I'd explain Mini Me because of course Vortora can no longer play it because he is also no. dead. Yeah. Uh, I hope you do that. I did. Yep. Good. Um, and then, like, it would also say, like, Michael Caine uh, died at some point in the 10 years, only because I really wish I could put more Michael Caine in this, because let's be honest, the best part of Goldmember is definitely Michael Caine. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought about it, but I'm just like, ah, he doesn't really work with the story that I would be telling, so uh, he'd probably be somewhere in the beginning there when they're getting fired from MI5 in the first place. Um, he'd make some jokes, and then he'd be gone. Um, so... Uh, Baz- Basil, sorry, Basil is just like, you have to get together with your brother, we need you both back in the field, uh, we need all the help we can get to stop whoever is doing this. So then we would cut to Dr. Evil, and of course, Dr. Evil, he still had a bunch of resources and everything, so now he runs Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh, and I just thought that would be, a, again, like, it's... There's going to be meta jokes, and I thought that'd be a fun yeah. meta joke, because if you don't know as a listener, Dr. Evil's entire, like, personality and, like, uh, gestures and the way he speaks are based off of Lord Michaels, who runs SNL. I so did I not it, know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, that's that's who... that He's basically doing a Lord Michaels impersonation the entire time. Oh, um, yeah, so I thought that would be funny to have him running at SNL, plus SNL kind of sucks now, so it'd be funny if Dr. Evil was running him. Um, so he would go, also would go get Dr. Evil, convince him to uh, come back to be an agent. They would uh, go, and of course, Basil would now introduce Austin to Austin's daughter. He has a daughter he mm. didn't know about. Obviously, he probably has hundreds of daughters he doesn't know about. Yeah. Uh, this one is was also a secret agent. She was away on a mission at the time, so she didn't get killed. Her name is Barbie Powers. I didn't come up with a sexy name for her or whatever because, I don't know, I could come up with a pun that works with Powers. Um, it's also kind of weird that Austin's isn't some sort of pun, right? I yeah. guess it was only the women. Is Austin Anyways. Danger Powers? Well, yeah, because it's a play off of the old uh, James Bond movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, they of course discovered that it is Scott Evil who is behind all these plans, and he's going to release like a virus. All of the all of the like evil plans are such complete gobbledygook that it doesn't matter what you say; they don't mm-hmm. have to make sense. So he was going to release a virus into the world comm system that would crash every electronic device in the world. And he's not asking for money, though. He's asking for a uh, rare stash of dark matter that is kept on Earth. Okay. And um, so they're just like, okay, we, um, we have uh, we have to get that, we have to protect that dark matter no matter what. And so... Barbie volunteers to go, uh, like, seduce the person who's going to be in, tr- like, to seduce the guard so that she do- the, the guard will be safe or whatever. And the guard, of course, would be Fat Bastard, mm-hmm. which would be weird because it would be Austin's daughter hitting on 
another character played by Mike Myers, but whatever. Yes. Um, but the whole thing gets blown apart because Austin is already super protective of his daughter because he didn't know him. He immediately turns into like the super uber protective dad. So he he basically blows the blows that um, sting again, and uh, the dark matter the world government has no choice and they deliver the dark matter to Scott Evil. Now this is where things will get a little weird, but I think a lot of fun. It will be super weird, but it will be really fun. The reason Scott Evil wanted the dark matter was to open up a portal to another to different dimensions. Basically he can open up doors to different dimensions. He would do that in the sky. They could of course do the whole um, genitalia bit, but it looks like a vagina this time. Okay. Um, and the reason he's doing this is because he wants to find an Earth where Dr. Evil loved him because his whole motivation was he just wanted mm. his dad to love him. Mm-hmm. So, basically, a good part of this is them just jumping into different dimensions and they meet different versions of themselves. So that that alone would just be fun they'd meet like evil austin powers and uh like good fat bastard and skinny bastard and skinny just guy and like all these different versions and they'd all be played by mike myers and it would be super complicated but very fun because they keep just keep jumping dimensions and while they're doing this trying to chase scott evil trying to capture him dr evil would realize that he was the only evil dr evil They'd all be named Dr. Evil, but they all turned out to be very good people. And Mm -hmm. he realizes that, oh, I am the only evil Dr. Evil that Scott can run to. Because, of course, Scott is evil now, so he wants to find an evil Dr. Evil. Mm -hmm. And so Dr. Evil turns evil again to work with Scotty. And um, basically, I don't have a giant end fight scene i don't know what basically i thought they would basically unite and then scotty would give himself up because he he's just like i found what i was looking for this whole time and uh then uh austin would kind of uh not be so protective over barbie barbie would go and basically save the day on her own austin would try and talk to talk dr evil away but he would jump into the uh, dimension shifter just before it closes and it would end with Dr. Evil uh, traveling to a different dimension to return someday and Scott Evil going to jail. Yeah. And right. that's basically how it would end, how it would turn out. So um, one thing I was thinking, like, because every once in a while they'll do sort of a self-aware joke, like they know that they're in a movie or something like that. So I was thinking yeah. like when you're doing your dimension hopping and stuff, uh, you could do a thing where it's like... Uh, because Mike Myers is playing all the characters. Mm-hmm. So you could do it where he's dressed as Austin Powers, but he's talking like Fat Bastard, and he's like, wait a minute, no, that's not, hold on. And then... Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I imagine they would jump to one dimension, and they would run into themselves, but it's themselves being being filmed for the movie, so they'd be like, oh, wait yeah. a minute, are we movie characters in this one? Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So there would be lots of fun meta jokes in that one, and... I think the bad jokes also always uh, kind of always hit for me for the fr- yeah. in the movies, so that would be fun. And yeah, uh, the way I see it, I'm just like, well, they did time travel, so dimension hopping, I feel like that's a doable thing within the universe. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. They, I, really, there's everything is doable in the universe because yeah, that's one of my favorite parts when they when uh, Doctor Evil goes back in time in uh, in the second one, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, and Rob Lowe is there, and he's like, "I got your memo from the future," and it's like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like to build to build the other side of the portal here, and it's like because when I see him coming through, I'm like, wait a minute, how would that portal have gotten there if it's back in time? And when and then just the little way that they do it, it's like, oh, I got your memo from the future to build this, and it's like, how would yeah. he have gotten a memo from the future? But yeah. it doesn't right. matter because it it just needed to be there. Well, as Basil Expedition says, uh, you shouldn't worry about it, and neither should you. Looking directly into yeah. the camera. <laughs> Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will hear your pitch for Austin Powers 4 tagline to be added right now. <laughs> Mini-Me has switched sides. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that, old chap. Sorry. You know. Sorry. Welcome aboard. <laughs> My mole steak. What was that? <clears throat> Listen, just get it out of your system. No, I'm fine. No, I insist. Yeah, we can I work together better if you just worry. got Mole! Bloody mole! We're not supposed to talk about the bloody mole, but there's a bloody mole winking me in the face. I'm going to chop it off and cut it up and make some guacamole. Better? Okay. All right, so here we go. So uh, mine is Austin Powers... For the money. For the money. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that... Did you come up with that literally right now, or did you have that in your back pocket? No, of course I just came up with it now. It's good. It works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're going with. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, we pick up right at the end of where uh, Goldmember ended. So, after the release of Austin Pussy, uh, Foxy says that she feels like she needs to return to 1975... Uh, because she still had family and friends there that she just randomly abandoned. So she's like, you know, I feel like I should actually just go be with them because I didn't even say goodbye to anybody. Yeah. So Austin's like, yeah, okay. And then he kind of realizes that, you know, I should probably return to 1967 because now Dr. Evil is a good guy, so he's not going to cause any problems anymore. And uh, and if I go back to 1967, my frozen self is still there. So when all this stuff, like, and... You know, Dr. Evil's not going to cause anything until 1997 and they'll just unfreeze me. And so, like, I, I can just sort of retire in 67 uh, and he can just enjoy, you know, the 70s, 80s and 90s organically. Mm-hmm. And plus also he he's I thought there could be a funny gag here where he could be like he's just really annoyed. He Like, it's like this this decade doesn't even have a name. And there he's like, I'm not I'm not going to be calling it the naughties like some people are saying. So I just I can't be in a decade that doesn't have a name. So. Yeah. Uh, so he goes back. So he's like, I'm going to take uh, Foxy Cleopatra back to 1975 and then I'm going to hit it back to 1967. So he so he drops off Foxy uh, and then that's basically it. So similar to like at the beginning of the second one, we see uh, Vanessa Kensington for like two minutes before her head blows up. Yeah. Uh, so Foxy's just there to go back and he says goodbye. <clears throat> and then he's getting ready in his time machine to go back to 67. So then in current time, 2002, Scott Evil finds out that uh, Austin is going back to 1967 and he realizes that uh, Austin is oblivious to the fact that he's taken over, uh, you know, Dr. Evil's whole uh, evil empire. Yeah. Uh, And so he's like, well, if I can, you know, take care of Austin Powers 
back then, then I don't have to worry about him foiling my plans like he always did my dad's. Uh, and uh, he'll basically be able to do whatever he wants. So he invents a device uh, that will uh, interrupt the time travel circuitry or whatever. And then when uh, Austin jumps to 1967, it'll transplant his brain into a monkey and the monkey's brain into Austin Powers' body. Okay. And the whole the whole plan there is that then, uh, you know, Austin Powers is going to be, you know, essentially acting like a monkey and he's going to make a fool out of himself. And uh, it will then he feels like he's vindicated himself because he feels like, uh, you know, his dad and and also he have always been embarrassed by Austin Powers. So he's just going to embarrass him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Austin is getting ready to make the jump from 75 to 67. Uh, and as he's setting all that up. Then we see back in 1967, one of Scott Evil's uh, workers is uh, realizing that the monkey that's in the transplanting machine doesn't have a diaper on. So he takes the monkey out uh, to put that on. And as he sets the monkey down, that's when Austin Powers makes the jump, which closes the door in the brain transplanty machine. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, which then also causes Austin Powers' brain to transplant into the assistant. Uh, so then as the assistant comes out of the uh, transplant machine, so now the assistant is Austin Powers, yeah. uh, sees an unconscious Austin laying in the time machine. Uh, so we're seeing this sort of in first person through the eyes of, uh, you know, Austin Powers, uh, sees himself laying there. And then it, it's a whole thing about how he's so sexy and stuff. And he just assumes that this is, uh, you know, another time traveling version of himself that he's uh, just happens to be existing beside. Uh, so he doesn't worry about it, but he's like, well, I should probably wake myself up so that we can go out and do what we do. Yeah. Uh, so then he says like, wake up baby, but we hear a woman's voice. Mm. Uh, and so that's what I've got written here. That's right. Austin powers has been transplanted into a woman's body in the mid sixties. I feel like you, uh, that was supposed to be a shock, but would we have seen that it's a woman already? <laughs> No, because just the way that it would have been filmed as, as the, right. We would see, we would see it's a person, but we don't automatically, and we would play off of, uh, everyone's patriarchal society assumptions that because it's a person in a lab coat wearing, you know, men's shoes and blah, 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 that, oh, it's automatically a man, but Mm -hmm. they could even do like a funny gag, like, uh. Like they did in the first one where like when the waitress asks him if he wants a drink and it is clearly a woman and then he punches the person who is clearly a woman. But then when he like goes down to take the wig off, it is clearly a man. Yeah. Uh, So they could do it this way, too, where it's clearly a man that does all the stuff. But then once the reveal is made that it's a woman, then it's like very obviously like wearing high heels and, like Uh, uh, you know, like the whole thing. Uh, So anyway, so. Um, so now, yeah, Austin is trapped in a woman's body in the sixties. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what we would do with Austin powers body. Cause so like for the, for this now, like the assistant who is now Austin powers, mm-hmm. I was thinking it would be very similar to how they found a young Austin powers, which is my favorite part of gold member is that young Austin powers. He's yeah. like nails it. Yeah. Uh, so it would be some female actress who can just do an awesome Austin Powers impersonation. There's gotta be um, someone up there. Oh yeah, there would have to be, yeah. but, but that would basically be the casting is like, come in and, and talk like Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. And then it would even, and then uh, like, as the movie's going on, the, the Austin as the, the woman 
starts to dress like Austin Powers, like with the glasses. And even the teeth could get screwed up because they don't explain how time travel messes up his teeth. Yeah. Uh, so even his teeth could get screwed up and then make it really look like uh, Austin Powers. Um, but I don't know what I would have happen with the like the physical Austin Powers. Like what I've all I've got written is that he's in a coma and he's put on life support. Mm. Um, so I wasn't sure if I would want him just sort of written out that way. Uh, and then we the only thing Mike Myers does is all the other uh, characters that he always plays, uh, or if uh, or if he teams up. Um, but it's I, that wouldn't even make sense because it's the uh, it's the assistant's brain inside of uh, Austin Powers' body, so that doesn't even make sense, anyways. Yeah. But uh, so, anyways, I don't know what we're going to do with the physical Austin Powers, but this now he's a woman. So, anyway, so uh, Austin, as the female assistant, gets to the MI five uh, and finds Basil, and obviously Basil doesn't know who this is. Uh, and uh, so, when she says that she's Austin Powers, Basil's like, "Well, you know, how can I know for sure?" So uh, then we get an eye roll from Austin, and it's the opening sequence now. So it's the big opening dance number. Okay. That Austin always does, uh, and but I would I would think that there would be some parts in here where uh, the the dance number doesn't ever get as big because it's again not being led by the person that people know as Austin Powers. Yeah. It's just a woman who's walking around pretending to be Austin Powers kind of thing. Uh, also, I would think that there would be some little uh, cutaways to how like he's he's like getting sick of being hit on by uh, all these other guys like, yeah basically like versions of himself uh so after the whole number is all done basil's still unsure obviously but then austin just says something that only austin would know and then like oh okay you're the you're austin mm-hmm. uh so then basil's like well we you know we can have you working for mi5 but we you know we can't have you working as austin powers no one's gonna believe what that is so they change your name. I just wrote it as Augustine. Uh, but I was thinking actually like, as you were doing your thing, I was like thinking it should, this should now be an actually like over the top sexual name, Yeah. but I don't know what it would be. Anal beads. Um, yeah. Anal beads. There you go. Uh, and then, uh, okay, wait, now let's have a little diversion here. What would be some other, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so now there, uh, she's officially hired by MI5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here we would start to see some jokes about, uh, how little, how, like how little money, uh, she makes, uh, and how she can't like her title job title can't be anything higher than assistant. Yeah. You know, and he'd be like, well, but I'm Austin Powers. I'm like, yes, but you are a woman. And it would be like that whole, like, uh, you know. Great 60s thing that has been fixed. Everything's yes. fixed now. Don't yes. worry. Um, that problem <clears throat> that no longer exists. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. Uh, there's no more wage gap. You, everything's been fixed. So that's why we're allowed to make fun of it now. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so then they realize that Scott Evil had done this. Uh, of course, there's never, uh, there doesn't have to be an actual way that they find out. They just, they found out. Someone they find out, found yeah. out. Maybe, maybe that's when the assistant in Austin Powers' body comes to and she's like, this is what's up. Uh, <laughs> so then, uh, so then they're like, well, we need to jump back to 2002 and stop him because clearly he's up to stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we jump back to present time to, so, uh, uh, and like we're catching up with Scott and we see that it is 
present time. It's 2020. Uh, he's made a coalition of evil people with a Russian oligarch and a white supremacist. That's just a hick. These, of course, are going to be played by uh, Mike Myers. Uh, and, of course, it's pretty on the nose with our current... Uh, political situation. Yeah. Together, they've orchestrated the fall of Western democracy and are poised to take over the world. Uh, and Scott starts bragging about how he's able to accomplish so much more than his father was because he was able to remove Austin Powers from the equation. I, a part of me, I wanted, I was thinking I wanted it to be actually kind of what's happening in the world because like whenever Dr. Evil would say his ridiculous plan, Scott Evil was always like, that's the stupidest, like, why not just shoot him? Yeah. Or why not just do this, right? So I kind of thought like, even though he was becoming a little bit bonkers, which he would still be super bonkers and stuff, mm-hmm. but I I wanted it to be that whatever his plan was is actually working and is like feasible and, and we could look at it and be like, oh man, it was Scott Evil that did all this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Anyways, Dr. Evil has become a suburban dad with Fraulein Frobisian. Uh and uh, and he's uh, and I would I would say that they had other kids. Um, they could be little kids that look like not mini me, but they would be kids that look like Dr. Evil and Fraulein Frobisian. and they would talk like the girls would talk like Fraulein, or it could even be the other way. You could gender swap it. So the the girls look like Dr. Evil. They're bald and they talk like him and everything and the yeah. boys look like Fräulein Fraubissian and they talk like her and everything uh, <clears throat> and uh, so he's always trying to connect with uh, with Scott of course because now he's like well now I just want to be your daddy and now and then this would be a role reversal so now it's like instead of how it always was Scott being in sort of a subservient to uh, Dr. Evil it, it's flipped the other way around mm-hmm. uh, and so we could see some of the same little gags that they did in all the other movies, but just flipped, uh, where it's now um, Scott doing it to. Uh, Scott's Dr. doing Evil. the zipping. He's doing yep. the shushing. Yeah, he's doing the whole thing. He's doing the evil don't, evil don't. Yeah. Evil don't? Yeah. 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 That was actually pretty funny when they did that little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, kids, hey, they, yeah, they really test you, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, so yeah, so Doctor Evil is trying to connect with him, but he he doesn't think that Scott has actually become a leader of an of a legitimate evil empire. Mm-hmm. He just obviously assumes that whatever his plans have been, they've always been failing, just like his always had. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so he's like he doesn't realize that he is actually running an evil empire, uh, and but of course Scott just wants nothing to do with him. So uh, Austin Powers in the female assistant form is getting into a time machine to make a jump to 2002. So this time machine is a uh, 2002 uh, Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, decked out with the brand new second generation iPod uh, loaded up with uh, like How You Remind Me by Nickelback just on repeat. Um, and a bunch of like the typical 2000s clothes, so like low rise jeans with like stitching down the side and like... Uh, one of those uh, newsy type caps that like Britney Spears would wear and stuff during the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, I remember and so the hop- Yeah. So hops into the Corolla to make the jump to 2002. 
But then as she's trying to figure out where she's going to put her purse and she's like complaining, like there's never anywhere to put their purses down in, in these cars, accidentally changes 2002 to 2020 mm-hmm. uh, and jumps to current time. And so is thinking that she's cool and everything because she's got all the hippest gear for 2002 and of course is being laughed at and everything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then there would have been, the uh, like before she jumped forward, uh Basil would be saying like, there's going to be someone waiting for you in 2002. Uh, and I was thinking, I was trying to think of who it would be. I, I want it to be, uh, just because, uh, it's leaning a little bit into like the, the LGBTQ area with, uh, uh, Austin Powers being dressed as, or being in the a woman's body. Mm-hmm. I want the, the person that he's meeting to be an openly gay actor uh, but one, so something along the lines of like Neil Patrick Harris, where when he came out, everyone was like, what? But all of the characters that he plays are super straight womanizers kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted it to be something like that, but I was trying to find something that would fit timeline wise. Uh, and th- there isn't really anything that would fit timeline wise, but it would be a, a, a Neil Patrick Harris type of character. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> and then, um, or even I was thinking uh, it could be uh, like an openly gay woman because uh, then it could be like she keeps hitting on uh, Austin Powers as a woman. And because in the previous movies they flirt a little bit with some homophobia, yeah. uh, I would think that it would be kind of funny to have him still be homophobic that he doesn't want this girl to be hitting on him, even though she's super attractive and everything, Mm. but because he is, and even though he's a man in his brain, uh, he's like recognizes that his body's a woman. So he's like, well, this is kind of weird, right? Cause yeah. shouldn't I not be attracted to you? But then also like when guys hit on him, he's like, well, wait a minute. No. Cause am I gay? Like I thought that it could like sort of be like, yeah, stop being a stupid homophobe Mike Myers. Um, yes. Anyway. Agreed. Uh, Yes. Uh, so then they're in 2020. Uh, he's matched up with whoever's, uh, uh, whatever they call it, like a representative or whatever it is. Uh, and then they have the big showdown with, uh, um, uh, like, let's say it's like at a re-election for Trump or whatever, and they have the big showdown and mm-hmm. uh, somehow Austin Powers saves the world. Uh, and then, um, and then they get, he gets put back into his own body and, and it's a big happy ending. <laughs> that's, that's the end of, uh, Austin Powers for the money. You really, you really voted in there at the end. The end. I, yes, I was really, I, I was feeling really good about everything that I was writing and I, I got hung up on his, who I wanted his uh, partner to be. Yeah. Like I went down a rabbit hole. I started searching, uh, you know, openly gay actors, openly gay actresses, openly gay actors from the early 2000s, or openly gay actors from the 90s. Because I was trying to think like it's got to be someone that he would have been in contact with at some point. Uh, and I would be like, oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, Neil Patrick Harris. No, that doesn't work. And I was like, oh, well, what about uh, Rosie O'Donnell? I'm like, yeah, but I mean, he wouldn't be attracted to her. And then it's like, OK, well, what about. And so. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so you I got, got stuck st- on that. And then I got stuck like, on that. Oh no! Yeah, I got stuck on that. Uh, arguably uh, irrelevant issue. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and then realize like, oh shit, uh, I gotta wrap this up. So yeah, they stop it from happening. In the end. <laughs> what what do they stop from happening? 
Uh, I was gonna say like it's uh, like you know for for Scott Evil's uh, uh, I, I figure we may as well be right on the nose with it all. Uh, Scott Evil's um, uh, final plan was to get a Trump or like a Trump surrogate type of thing, uh, you know, similar to like in Idiocracy where they have I can't remember who the president is in there, but um, have have it be like someone who's like well this is clearly representative of Trump. Uh, if, if he can win the second term, then that will, uh, give him his like complete control over the world, uh, with his, with his Russian oligarch and his white trash, uh, white supremacist. What if, Uh, what if it was Scott evil who was president and that'd be even funnier that Dr. Evil doesn't know that his own son is president. Yeah. See, that's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, what does Doctor yeah. Evil do? Does he do nothing? Any- he's just no. He's just retired. He's okay. just a he's just no, like- no, no, no. He's he's like a full on suburban dad. So now he's um, let's see, let's see. So he went to seven years of evil university or whatever. Yes, <laughs> or six years of evil university. So he could be. He took that degree and he went and got accounting, or he does data analysis or something like that. Yeah, um, the most but evil he's, of he's the a, analysis. Yeah, but he's like full on just suburban dad. All he cares about is sealing his driveway and yeah. uh, making sure that the you know that his his grass is nice and green. And okay, the, yeah, the, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if he played a. a part in like the plot of the movie at all he, he doesn't really it, he would just be there mostly for gags yeah uh so he, he very much the way scott evil is in in the other movies because like i really want it to be a role reversal there so yeah. he's he's just the suburban dad and he's just like you know the sort of visual gag of when he's in prison and stuff yeah. like that like just putting him again the fish out of water thing and, no, that and he still is that would 100 percent work i could i could yeah. actually see it in my head and be like just seeing him in like a polo shirt is very yeah. funny yeah yeah but and it would still be like the all the gray tones and everything and, yeah uh yeah and his and his house would be uh like the most basic suburban house mm-hmm. on the block kind of thing like it's like there's nothing that stands out about it. He's fully converted into just the nice family man, and yeah. and he just wants Scott Scotty to come home. And, just wants uh, Scotty but, to come home. Yeah, so he would pop up every once in a while. It, we would see what's going on at his house, yeah. and we would see him getting stressed out about like having to get the the kids to you know soccer practice, and you know what kind of stupid thing would the Fraulein Falbissian be into? Uh. Like, Opera singing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Had to get a, get the kids to opera classes and stuff like that. And and that's his whole world, and he's just stressed out about this. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to go see if I can get together with Scott. And then he shows up at Scott's evil lair, which is actually the White House, but that has been converted into his evil lair, and he doesn't recognize that this is all. He's like, hey, are you coming over for uh, – we're, uh, we're having barbecue on – on Saturday, hope really hoping you can make it out. Uh, your mom would like you to be. She's not my mom. Yeah, that yeah. whole thing. All right. Well, those are your two options. That is, uh, <laughs> Austin Powers for the money or Austin Powers for Casino Behave. If you want to vote for which one of those movies you would actually like to see, you can do so in the show notes. You can find the poll on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast, or on our Twitter, at Podcast. 
Well, there. Like us, follow us, rate us, review us, whatever you want to do. Always appreciate it. And hey, if you have any reviews, if you have any feedback for the show, feel free to email us at showgopodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Tim. What? That was my pick. It is now your oh. time to choose the next movie that we yeah. pitch sequels for. Right. Uh, so this is one I was actually going to suggest a while ago, and then I found out that either they did or they were going to do a TV series on it, so I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't. But now, fuck it. They haven't done a sequel in movie form to this. So I want to pitch sequels to Constantine. Ooh. That was one I was thinking for a while. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I it's been a I don't know if I've ever watched the movie front to back in one sitting. Oh no. It was definitely like a TSN movie where I'd sit down and watch like half an hour and then I'd go do something else. Uh Yeah. Yeah. All right. They Before did a TV we... series but it wasn't related to the movie, so I think oh, it's open. Okay. It's open. Yeah, and before we uh, let everybody go, though, I do just want to point out, you mean TBS, not TSN. Yes, Jesus. I And I knew I, I was saying it, I'm just like, I know I'm not saying it right. <laughs> but I couldn't remember, because I ha- literally haven't owned a TV or been watched, like, cable TV in over ten years. Yeah. So... So you guys can mock me in the comments if you'd like. Uh, please do, actually. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You guys, look forward to Cosity 2 next time. Uh, thank you to John Hill for producing our show. And thank you to Cal Melsness for composing and performing our opening theme music. Thank you guys so much. Take care. The show.